0: hello Stephen dan fouts here we're veteran educators who've created the teach different conversation podcast to inspire all of us to think deeper listen with more intention and understand each other better if you're a parent educator or anybody who wants to think in new ways that build real understanding about what's important in life and to help others do the same then you've come to the perfect place Well, welcome, everybody, to the Teach Different podcast. Uh, This week, we have an interesting quote from British journalist, speaker, and author, Ian Leslie, who's going to have a quote on education that we're going to get to in a moment. Uh, We have a a wonderful guest today whom I've known over the years, uh, Sarah Westbrook from the Right Questions Institute, and she'll be introducing herself in a moment here when she weighs in on the quote. To remind everybody how this is going to run, we're going to share the quote and we'll talk about the claim of the quote, what Ian Leslie means with his quote quote, that I'll share in a minute, and then we'll push back against it a little bit and look at a a counterclaim to it, something that's that's equally reasonable, uh, but a different way of looking at the world. And we do this because when we use these conversations in class, kids to develop those critical thinking skills must get out of their comfort zone and see the world from a different angle. So that's why we like to play with the quote in in this way. And then we'll end with a little thoughtful question that you can can, uh, take with you. All right, so with that, we have Ian Leslie, and here is his very short, but very profound quote curiosity is deviant. Curiosity is deviant. Sarah, welcome to the show, and feel free to weigh in on this quote.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, I thought maybe I would just share a little bit about my background. I'm a former English teacher in the Boston area, and now I'm the director of professional learning at the Right Question Institute. So my, on a daily basis, my job is to think about questions and their importance in the classroom, but also their importance in a lot of settings outside of the classroom. So the role of questions in healthcare, the role of questions in legal settings, in social services, in higher education, and uh, in legal settings. So, when I I pick that quotation, curious, curiosity is deviant. You know what interested me is the connection between asking questions and power. That there's when you think about the word deviant or deviance. To me, that is a pushing back against power or challenging power structures or or prevailing norms in some way. And so a lot of my work is studying the what are the power structures in place in classrooms that prevent some students from feeling able to ask questions. And I think you have to consider that one of, one of the power structures in place is us. It's the adults. And it's the way that we talk about questions, the way that we create space or don't create space for questions. And I think that it's possible that despite the best intentions, sometimes we're treating curiosity as a sidetrack or as an extra or as something that deviates from the teaching plan and not as something that is core to it.
2: Interesting. This is Steve. When I, I love this quote, Sarah, because Dan will tell you, the shorter the quote, the better.
1: <laughs> I agree. <laughs>
2: we only have three words. Now, There's that's the good part. The challenging part is that two of these words, I had to look up. <laughs> because whenever you, know, you get words like curiosity, curiosity is a common word, I would say. Kids are going to have heard of that one. Deviant, pr- not so much, De- depending on what kids we're talking to. So I'm just kind of already picturing this in a classroom. The first thing that I would do is circle curiosity, circle deviant, and discuss the definitions. When I looked them up, uh, deviant was very close to what you uh, were saying. It didn't mention power, the the, uh, definition I got. It said, departing from usual or accepted standards, Mm -hmm. which is what you had mentioned as well. So it's kind of like off the beaten path in some way. Mm -hmm. It's something that's a little bit of a distraction, maybe Mm -hmm. as a way to say it. Then looking up curiosity, I was happy about that one. A strong desire to know or learn something, which I thought was really straightforward. So, you know, I just started with those. And I just thought of like what this Ian person is trying to say here right about curiosity that this strong desire to know something perhaps is going to go against the grain in some way and Mm -hmm. it's going to be different than what we're used to somehow Mm -hmm. so anyway that's how I kind of unpacked it
1: Mm -hmm. I mean it I think there's there's actually it's interesting because you could you you could have a more generous interpretation Or you could have a slightly darker interpretation, you know, (laughs) like I like the sort of the most innocent way to think about it is that, you know, curiosity takes you off the beaten path. It takes you on wonderful adventures. It it is not linear. It's often cyclical or iterative. And so naturally, you're not going to be on whatever the path was because it'll open up new paths. But I think there's also this I love the word deviance because. There's a real negative connotation, at least for me, about dev- who's been labeled deviant in our society. Um, you know, the the ways in which deviance has been used to regulate behavior. So, so to me, that's where I start thinking about power is it, you could also look at the exact same three words and take it as, Asking questions gets you into trouble. Asking questions is challenging to people who don't want to be challenged. Um, So it it is. It's really interesting. Three little words, but you could read it in a few different ways potentially.
2: Asking questions. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I
0: definitely read it that second way, Sarah. That this is this will get you into trouble. It is. Deviant. When kids ask really good questions, they're not purposely trying to challenge your authority, I think, as a teacher. But what they are doing is getting inside your head, dictating exactly what your thought process is and maybe where you were bringing the students to a level of understanding. And you're getting this teacher to stop their line of thinking. And so it does, it it is a a power thing. It's a challenge of authority, but very, I would argue, an appropriate challenge to authority that teachers should have thick skin and be able to to tolerate it and encourage it. And I think that doesn't happen
2: in all classrooms, unfortunately. Mm. You know, I thought of students who also try to take teachers off their track. And I don't think we should flatter them with the motivation that they want to know or learn something necessarily. Sophistry, you know, you you also can, can disrupt things and be deviant, obviously, and not have it be a true learning motivation. But I don't know why that occurred to me, Dan, when you were talking, but I was thinking of how some students challenge teachers to really up their game and ask really good probing questions that might take you off, but it's really bringing the class to a higher understanding. And others are playing around a little bit and not that serious about their, I don't know, curiosity. I don't want to ruin this quote, but... (laughs) <laughs> anyway, that was my my quick thought.
1: Well, it is interesting that I I would say curiosity is largely positive to me and I think has been widely embraced by a lot of the people who talk about inquiry education. Deviant is a really challenging word and it's funny to put them together. You know, and it's um like i wonder if the point of the quote is to say that curiosity shouldn't be perceived as deviant or or is it to say that all curiosity has a little bit of deviance in it and that's what that's why sometimes people don't like being asked questions <laughs> you know um so yeah i and i think about you know i th- obviously i think about the classroom a lot but i also think you know what are the settings in which your curiosity is welcome and your questions are welcome? And what are the settings in which you don't feel able to ask questions? That that's is a good. great,
0: that's a really good question <laughs> that you just, you just asked. I, I thought immediately of the medical profession that it is not accepted to ask questions of doctors that that is seen as a challenge to their authority in a different way than maybe a challenge to a teacher's authority. So that would be one setting, I think, Sarah, where curiosity maybe isn't socially accepted as much as it should be. Steve, did you
2: have something? Well, you mentioned the medical profession, and I thought of the the importance of questions when you're doing medical research and you're trying to figure out how to cure cancer or what's the source of some disease You have to be a very curious person to break a mold because there's a reason that it hasn't been cured thus far. And it's probably the same path everyone else is thinking on. So I kind of took your example, Dan, I get what you're saying in that you shouldn't question doctors, but I think curiosity, the idea of it being deviant is actually, you could argue that's supporting uh, something like the medical profession. It's funny by the for the first time in a while here Sarah mm-hmm. we're we're already playing with the counterclaim <laughs> and you kind of introduced it already very naturally in this idea that are there times when curiosity and like pursuing knowledge is appropriate and 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 not deviant but actually encouraged, you know, maybe that should be the goal kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm taking your ideas, Sarah, but the the greatest learning communities are ones where people are just really, really excited and motivated to, to ask these questions. And it's as natural as breathing air. Right. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I'm, I'm kind of moving into the counterclaim, but either of you Take whichever one you want at this point. It's no holds bars.
1: <laughs> well, I don't. I don't know whether I'm making a claim or a counterclaim, but um, it it was making me think about. I I can't remember the. I think the mathematician's name was George Cantor, but he, um, you like he's like the mathematician. You know, really like significant contributions to the study of math, understanding, um, you know, infinity uh, or I think about you know, the first person who suggested washing hands before going into a surgery. And like these these are people who made significant contributions to their field because they had the temerity to question, what, whatever the standard procedure was. But they also, like George Cantor was, you know, basically widely discredited because he was questioning, in you know, qu- questioning infinity, like qu- really questioning the boundaries of known mathematics in a way that upset some religious forces at the time. You know, so, and I, so I wonder if there's always, there's there always that double edge to curiosity that it both is necessary for innovation and can get you into trouble. <laughs> you know that you have to be you have to be willing to take both together. Maybe.
0: Yeah, it's both. I think it's it's both together, depending on how you're how you're um, how you're thinking about it. And, you know, maybe to just work the the counterclaim a little bit, and this has been said, but just to say that asking questions is a way to gather new information. For a lot of kids, that's the way they see curiosity. They want to gather more and more data and information so that they can make a better decision. And they're not there to challenge a teacher with a new way of thinking They're there to just do what they need to, to follow the rules, do what they're told and comply with the educational system, which is not the worst thing in the world, you know, to conform to an institutional structure and to be able to get along
2: Mm.
0: is is a really important skill that everybody has to master, you know, to be a follower is, is important. And I think curiosity is deviant. It's almost like Ian Leslie is saying, maybe we should look at asking questions as being a true groundbreaking leader. And maybe people aren't like that. And that's okay. Mm.
2: Socrates wasn't like that. (laughs) Sorry, I had to put that one in, Sarah. I interrupted you.
1: No, that's okay. What was your Socrates? Do you have a Socrates quotation?
2: Oh, I wish the only, the unexamined life is not worth living, Mm. you know, but, but really it was based off what you had said at the beginning, Sarah, this idea that, that curiosity it's deviant. It can, it breaks rules and norms and structures, but it also is a, a true desire to, to know and learn something and it gets you in trouble. Socrates got into trouble. Mm. He was executed because he was too curious. So I can't think of a better example of it, of that dual edge to it. Mm. So maybe the delicate
0: teaching challenge with kids is how do we as teachers model the value of curiosity without getting our kids in trouble later in life for being a little too curious. We help them learn how to ask all kinds of questions, some of which are deviant, perhaps, but others obey the rules, and you have to know when to use the questions at the appropriate time, which is a life skill you learn to experience. Now, Sarah, you're the Right Questions Institute, you guys work with, you said, in the legal profession, the medical you want to talk a little bit about the audiences that you work with that connect with this quote.
1: Yeah. Well, well, a lot of my work is with K to 12 teachers and systems, but I have colleagues who I have a colleague who is working on a legal empowerment program right now. So she works with people who are, um, you know, in leap various legal settings. And, you know, lawyers are very good at asking questions in general. It's an occupational hazard. Uh, the clients that they work with are not very good at asking questions. And that talk about knowing when to ask and when not to ask or when how to prioritize what you want to ask, you know, there are a lot of there are a lot of parts of the legal system that it's a really bad idea to start asking a lot of questions. Um, And yet it's a really key skill that you need to learn in order to navigate. Even what is the process? What is the system? What, what is the first step that you need to do? So uh, my colleague Naomi was working with an organization that was supporting someone to She had learned to ask questions and um, she was being considered for a pro bono attorney and the pro bono attorney met with her and decided to take on her case because she liked the questions that this woman had learned how to ask and was asking about her own case. So, um, you know, I think it's a, but that's a very different way to think about your job as a lawyer, you know, that, or as a legal advocate, you know, this is teachers are accustomed to thinking it's my job. It's my responsibility to develop my students skills. And that includes questioning skills. It's harder and more challenging to think about other jobs as teaching professions, (laughs) you know, that you're, you are still in a position where you could be teaching, skills but that's not necessarily the way someone's accustomed to seeing themselves or their limited time you know it, with a and their limited time and limited interactions with very real world stakes attached to them you know if if a child doesn't ask a class a question in a classroom that there are consequences they are not the same type of consequences
0: if you don't ask questions about alternative treatments for something that you, you need. Yeah, I mean, definitely. And so these skills that we, we um, impart to students, we hope then are transferable to these other areas of, of their lives. Right.
2: Yeah. So contextual, there's a tact that you almost have to understand as well with questioning, to develop a higher awareness of whether you should be using it in this case. But in this case, maybe it's better just to be quiet and listen. Because
0: right. if it's perceived as too deviant, you might not get the reaction that you need and the information that you desire.
2: People will be defensive. This is very subtle. right. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And I think, I mean, I do think, I kind of think it's important to name that it is, it's important to name that it could be perceived as deviant, you know, because I think that's telling to even, I think it's telling, are you in a situation? The person that you're asking, do they perceive you as curious or do they perceive you as deviant? And it's really telling which type, which person you're dealing with or what type of system you're dealing with, if they're going to be receptive to your questions or not. Um,
2: that is so well said, Sarah. I was, uh most of my teaching career was on the West side of Chicago in an urban environment. Okay. And one thing I will say when it comes to giving too much information, talking too much, asking questions, in that community, in in that culture, it's not seen as a positive as far as the the interaction between the two people. The person getting asked the questions is gonna perceive there to be an agenda to it and will not be excited to be just answering any questions that are asked. Mm -hmm. I just immediately thought of how, my students would react to a very curious person. They mm-hmm. would be real curious about why they're curious. <laughs> so.
1: Yeah, I think there's, I had a, I had a um, teacher in one of our online courses recently who quoted me. She's was from a, a country in the Caribbean and she quoted me a, uh, sort of common phrase common adage that she grew up with which was along the lines of don't be a busybody you know like don't asking questions is the mark of a busybody and uh, don't be nosy and I, and I think I don't think that's uncommon I think that you could talk to a lot of people from different places and um that that's a that's a message that we've learned that deviance is it what we've learned? So I think there's a question of all right, when you're working with people who have learned over and over and over again that asking questions it gets you into trouble or asking questions is not welcome, or you know, how do you make curiosity the norm? You know, not a deviation from the norm. How how do you make that the norm?
0: Another good
2: question, Sarah. <laughs> and I got an answer. Okay. What is it, Steve? Get them to ask questions as mm-hmm. much as possible. Then there's less pressure. You can, So in other words, can you teach the value of questioning by inspiring the person you're with to be asking the questions? Mm. I'll put that one out there. Well, here's where you talk about the QFT,
0: Sarah,
1: (laughs) right? Yep. Well, yep. The QFT or the question formulation technique is a strategy to teach people how to ask questions, essentially. And it's really easy. We have it down to one page, and um, it is a deceptively simple strategy that is pretty powerful. Because you learn when you can ask your own questions, then there are a lot of doors that open to you and it's a foundational skill for self-advocacy. So that's why, Matt, you know, that's, I think what we do in the classroom is preparing kids to be citizens and to be, you know, participants in various parts of our society that frankly are very much in need of people who can ask questions and self-advocate and participate more effectively.
0: Yes. And I've used the QFT for years now, over 15 years, and it is deceptively simple. It, but once you, again, like anything else, once you do it a few times, you understand the protocol, it's a, it's a great way to have the kids start taking that that leadership role. So that to your point, Steve, it's the kids setting the culture of the classroom. It's not the entire teacher's responsibility to model questioning, the students do it too. And and then then it's a shared responsibility. Well, this has been wonderful, Sarah. Uh, We we went in some interesting directions with the quote. I think we did a, a really nice job with the claim and and worked some other perspectives and interpretations of it, and and, and pursued the counterclaim a little bit. You know, a, a question that we had from this is, you know, what is the best way to use questions? That's that's something you can. That's a very general, but a really good one, I think, that could come from this. What's the best way to use questions?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, we appreciate your expertise and and what you and Dan and Luz do for the educational community. It's been a pleasure working with you and hope to continue in the future. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast.
1: Thank you for having me. It's been so much fun.
2: Thank you, Sarah. Thank you. All right. Take care.
0: Thanks, everybody. We hope you're walking away feeling energized by some great ideas and are confident that conversations like this are possible with just a little bit of planning and a three-step method. Make sure you go to teachdifferent.com to learn more and check out our library of conversation plans where we've compiled dozens of quotes, each with their own claim, counterclaim, and essential question. Good luck and don't forget to teach different with conversations and make a difference every day.